0: Manchester City's thrilling 5-3 comeback victory was the highest-ever scoring first leg in a Champions League knockout tie. In his first game for the Rockets since being traded from the Lakers, Lou Williams led the Rockets in scoring with a game-high 27 points with seven made threes, signing his career high of 7 from 11. Hello and welcome to another episode of After the Whistle, where we discuss events on and off the field after the game is done. My name is Cyril and I'm joined as always by my co-hosts, Donald and Moose. This week saw some really interesting NBA trades made. European football returned, and we were served up some really entertaining fixtures. And for Claudio, his dilly ding dilly gone, as he got handed his P45 by the Leicester board. Moose, Donald, any comments on the intro starts before we start the show?
1: The Manchester City game was particularly exciting crazy. I mean, there were people who were saying things like, um, the game was exciting because the defences were really poor. <laughs> but you could also argue that some good goals were scored. I don't think anybody
0: was doubting the goals, but I feel like the the points made that the defense being poor yeah. took away from the shine yeah. of the tie is a worthwhile
1: one. Yeah, definitely. It's yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a valid point in my opinion. But um, really good, great goals. I mean, it was the kind of game that got you on the edge of your seats the whole time. It was brilliant. I mean, four was he he was he was he was pretty much bossing the game and it was it was the kind of show that had United fans probably thinking, where was this guy? You know like
2: <laughs> that they never actually got to yeah. see this from him. Yeah, like this was the really? guy. I don't think I thought that, but you, go on. You did? no
0: like <laughs> no like Wouldn't you have wanted this performance from Falcall during his stint at United though? This is the best I don't think we ever saw this level of performance, this precision, the hold up play,
2: the goal scored. United never got any of that. No, exactly. but I, see, I always say a good player is a good player. What you want is... He's good enough. That's why he's there. What you want is consistency. Because you know Falcao, being the player that he is, he still has great games in him.
1: What but this was regular, a guy. This was a guy we
2: saw slipping. in.
1: <laughs> Falcao's been consistent this season.
2: He's been consistent this season, yeah. exactly. So no he hasn't no, he hasn't been super consistent this season. I wouldn't say he's been consistent. Okay, he's, for such an expensive player, for such a well to player. I mean when oh, you sign okay. parker okay. you're paying a pretty high salary. You're okay. expecting more yeah. from him.
1: Yeah.
2: I mean not to take away from the fact that it was a great game and he did score some great goals. He had a good game. He had a good game, yeah. but it didn't make me pine for a Falcao back at Man United.
1: No, no, I no, don't, no. I, don't feel like um, I wouldn't it. say you know it was the kind of thing where like you know get him back, but yeah. then it felt like you know we could have done with more of performances like this during his time at United.
2: Oh, definitely. You know? I feel like even Monaco can do with more performances like this from him. Yeah. I mean,
0: yeah, hey. I mean <laughs> they have their return leg at home, so hopefully he should he serves up more, more, more of
2: what he did this week. I don't yeah. think Monaco make it. Already predicting the downfall of... No, the I'm just side. saying, no, I'm just <laughs> saying, it's, it's... I mean, they had, the, they, they, they had the game in their sights. They let it slip. I don't think they make it. You know, you play certain good teams and sometimes you realize that they're there to be taken and they're making mistakes. So, you know, you lay down a marker, you get a good win, and then you force them to now, you understand, have to think about you, have to be prepared for you. But five goals... You
0: lose... You lose, you know, a, you lose uh, yeah, five goals, a two-goal
2: advantage. I mean, it's it's gonna be hard. It's I gonna mean, be hard. They have a way goal, so you never know. Ah, beating City by a two-goal margin is gonna be hard.
1: Really hard.
2: Really hard. And and I mean, it's said that what everybody was expecting. I mean, the two teams. Okay, I mean, Monaco are the team who are scoring like the most goals in Europe right now. So two teams with really great offenses. I mean, yeah, there was some questionable goalkeeping. But you could just tell that these are two teams who know how to score goals and who play to score goals. And that's why it was such a great game. I'm so glad I caught it live. I was this close to missing it, but I'm super glad I caught it live. Because there were a few players that I had wanted to see play and they did not disappoint. Talking about players, you know, scoring...
0: Did you get a chance to see Lou Will do his thing for the, his new team, the Rockets?
2: Well, I did I did catch highlights. Wow. And I mean, this is pretty much what you expect from Lou. You know, you, this is pretty much what you expect from Lou. He's 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 an offensive powerhouse. He will get you points. He will get you buckets. Lou scores for fun. That's what Lou does. The problem with Lou is. Um I mean, playing Lou on a team that also has James Harden, you know that you're getting two players who are not, I mean, the most defensive-minded players on your team. And for a playoff run, when you play players like this, you just hope they don't have bad games because when they do have bad games... Their defensive or their lack of defensive
0: <laughs> attributes actually starts to
2: show. Yeah, it, start, it starts to show. But it, it's a very savvy trade by the Rockets. And I mean, as... as, as someone like Lou, I would want to play on the Rockets and a uh, Mike D'Antoni type of offense because you know you're going to get shot. You know you're going to put up points. And that's what you want as a player, to have good stats, to have good games. Exactly. I think he tied his career high of 27 points.
0: Yeah. And the, the the Rockets bench actually ended the game with 79 that's, points. That's a very deep which bench. Which is freaking <laughs> impressive. This, when you is, look at this it. is
2: very impressive. But I know sometimes to, you know, a deep bench just means it was just great staggering, like, start getting substitutions by the coach because sometimes you can play your most offensive you can put your most offensive players on the bench and start them from the bench so to speak. And yeah. then but for your bench but I mean you can see benches score like maybe fifty, but for your bench to score seventy nine points, that just shows that hey you can those guys can score. This kind of touch on what you said earlier. The, the
0: hope now for a Rockets fan is that these guys actually continue to light it up as in it doesn't become a situation where they grow cold and then none of their shots are, you know, getting through.
1: No, but seriously, don't you think it was kind of bizarre that the Lakers let him go?
2: No, it was... I don't think it was bizarre. I think it was It was planned. No, you see, he had to go. Because the thing is, you have, you have a young team that's growing, and you have Lou Will as, like, offensively savvy veteran. This was the point where Lou's trade value was at its highest. And he really... I mean, for such a player on such a team, what are you really playing for? I expected him to... He, I knew he would go to a playoff team. because a contender, for sure. there would, there, He would go to a contender because there would be teams who would need his offensive firepower. You know, he's he's kind of... You can liken him to maybe like... Um, uh, what do you call it? On the Clippers. Oh, that's all. Jamal, Jamal Crawford. Crawford. Like a Jamal yeah. Crawford on the Clippers. You can liken him to that. I mean, so... You don't have you don't have a need for him, and I feel like the Lakers don't even have that much of a need for maybe, Lord Deng and Timofey Mozgov because when you have a young team and you know you're not going to make the playoffs, it becomes about giving the young players like more time to play, yeah, more game building more game time, building experience, you know, seeing how they develop it and seeing the direction you want to take. So for him being there, of course, teams would be looking. So you just look to hey, his trade value is really high. Let me get let me get a good trade for him okay. and. Honestly, I don't feel like it was such a great trade, but we still got something for him.
0: I, I, I disagree with you. I feel like you mentioned the Lakers team does not definitely making playoffs. They are looking to hopefully get a good pick in the draft. Yeah. They got a player who makes them slightly a bit worse. Perfect. Your young kids, your young. No, stars, I'm talking about <laughs> getting
2: something for Lou. I feel like we could have got a higher pick for Lou. I feel like it could have been a three team trade because Lou is a really good player, yeah. and I think he's only 31. Yeah. So yeah. I mean you traded him for a pick and a guy who's putting up I think six and two. Exactly. I, I mean lose the highest scoring player on the Lakers right now. A team <laughs> that shares the ball a lot. So yeah. I know I expect this is a loaded draft. So I expect because I mean the Rockets are a playoff team. And the Rockets pick is going to be low first round. Yep. You know, and I feel like this draft is pretty much stacked maybe one to fifteen. And then from there, it's pretty much you know average, or how savvy you are in act, actually like you know knowing the players well enough to get a steal. I don't feel like that, so I feel like we could have got a better pick for Lou because this is a good draft, and it's good you have a pick back. I expected a better pick. One
0: one one of the news making the rounds was that Lou going to the to the Rockets was you know engineered by Magic, yours truly, just because he wants to be seen as a player friendly. GM at precedent so no I did
2: hear that no I don't have a it was the Rockets he wanted to go to you sent him to the Rockets fine get something better from the Rockets get the Rockets to trade a player to another team to get a better (laughs) pick and then give that pick to the Lakers I think think as Lakers fans you
0: guys you get rid of a player you get a player that makes you worse you get a better shot at the 2017 draft
2: class I think that's
0: perfect no
2: you you don't get a better shot to the 20s you have you have a pick that's top 3 protected Mm -hmm. right Which you are tanking for, and now you have a pick that is going to be in the mid to late, you know, mid to late twenties. I mean, that's not unless of course you pray for a (laughs) Draymond. You pray for a Draymond, man. You pray for a Draymond. You pray for like uh, Jimmy Butler. You just you just pray to find one of those guys. But hey, a first round pick is a first round pick. But I feel like we could have got better for Will. But like, kudos to him. I just feel like the rock, the Rockets are going to be too hot for a few teams in these playoffs. Honestly. Well, the Rockets okay. really are going to be too hot for a few teams. They might... Uh, I feel like they're going to surprise some people. Well, we've already started the conversation about uh, <laughs>
0: the trade. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, the trade deadline ended this week, Thursday. Mm-hmm. F- F5 season. It was a bit crazy. And uh, for the ATW team, we've identified a couple of trades that we feel are going to... You know, matter come finals because everybody has done their winners, losers, who, who got the best trade, who didn't. We are hoping to take a much more
2: analytic, nuanced approach. Yeah, yeah, nuanced
0: approach. Looking to the big, the big trophy, the, the one that trophy. matters. Which of the trade matters? So, the Cavs getting Carl Crowder early on is definitely going to factor since the Cavs are one of the best teams, and we are assuming they're going to win the Eastern Conference Finals. The Raptors actually made some pretty good moves as well. The Raptors made a very, very good move good getting, good getting Serge Ibaka. Very, exactly. very good move. Ibaka and Tucker, who actually yeah. helped defeat the Celtics yeah. yesterday. So, I <laughs> yeah. guess that's paying off. But in the Celtics' defense, there was no Bradley. So, that's an asterisk right there. And also, you can't forget Cousins. Moving
2: to the Pelicans
0: to join. That was the blockbuster trade. The <laughs> that was obviously <laughs> that the was big obviously one. Swing.
2: There were so many stories going around with that one. There are stories going around that um, I think Jim Buss and Mitch Kupchak lost their job because, because they couldn't convince Boogie. They couldn't not convince Boogie, put together but, a package yeah, that would Kings make it. It. the okay. Kings let Boogie go. Um, I don't know. There was also
0: talk that the Kings started, the Kings front office really wanted well, Buddy.
2: No. They really did want Buddy Hield. Yeah, so, they've been sweet on Buddy Hield for a long time. So there was no way the Lakers could actually put together a package that included Buddy. So no, I, I had they asked for Ingram, and that was the sticking point. They ah. didn't want to let Ingram go, so they really do rate him quite highly. And I like the kid. I mean, he's struggling a bit, but he's showing flashes. And if he feels out, he's a he's a great ball handler. The shooting really hasn't come. He was known to be a shooter. The shooting really doesn't come, but it's showing him flashes. And I mean. People have to understand that for most players coming... If you're a star in the NCAA, you're not going to... You're pretty much bank average or below average in the NBA. That's I what mean, people yeah. don't just, People don't understand. I feel like... But you still have the tools, though. You still have no, he has tools. the tools. So exactly. you look for the tools. Or you look for how you can develop the tools going forward. I always say... I mean, it's best to sort of analyze a pick after his third year. Rookie, like, in his third year. That's when you can accurately say, oh, okay, look. Because because then he should be getting minutes. Exactly. Because if that was the case, people, like, I mean, Russell Westbrook was in in his rookie season. There were so many point guards better than him. I mean, Drew Holiday was better than him. So many other guys. But now he's a bona fide superstar. So if you're going to go by his first season or his second season, you wouldn't have really... You know, being able to actively predict. So
1: also depends on the team you go to,
2: right? It really no, it really does depend on the team and how long they are going to take to act- actively develop you. Like, how much experience they have in developing that type of player. What you know, what their coaching staff is yeah. like, and how well they understand your position as a player to develop you. Yeah. Because I feel like certain teams are best suited to develop certain types of talents with certain types of personalities. So that also also goes and, also, and and it also has to do with the type of season you're having you know certain mm-hmm. players are really tough to motivate you have a good player, but maybe sometimes it's not good for him to be on a losing team for too long so mm-hmm. it might actually affect his development for a bit so you never know it's just it's it's really just about being in the right situation
0: okay so we we are in agreement that the three teams that came out tops at least're gonna have an implication. I'm going to factor in when it comes to the finals are the Rockets, the Cavs making a big move, and also the Pelicans.
2: But to talk about Cal Korver, you know, Cal Korver is good, but we also have to, but if we are looking at the draft, we also have to talk about the implications of what certain of certain drafts, like certain players getting waived and being able thing. to be. I mean, no, because it still affects the playoff picture and it's still an effect of the draft. So you're talking about Bogart and. Yeah, I'm talking specifically about <laughs> De'Ron Williams. How do you allow the Cavs to have a chance to get De'Ron Williams? Because let's be honest, the guys they were trying out exactly. were Mario Chalmers, Kirk Heinrich, and... um, Did Mike was his name? No, the New York kid. The New York kid who was on the Pacers. The guy that blew a LeBron's ear. Ooh,
1: Stevenson? Stevenson. Lance Stevenson. <laughs> I mean, when you,
2: you go from these three to De'Ron Williams. I mean, De'Ron Williams has, I mean, he's not who he was. He's not who he was in 2006, 7, 8. But come on, De'Ron Williams can shoot, and De'Ron Williams can pass. And De'Ron Williams is a playmaker. LeBron has got his... Oh, okay, fine. They haven't picked him up yet, but everything's pointing towards them picking him up. Mm-hmm. LeBron has got his playmaker, and I think the Calcover thing. People expected he wasn't. He was never going to be a direct replacement for, for the injured. Kevin um, Love. Um, no, no, no. It wasn't Kevin Love for the injured J.R. Smith? He was never because he... he's also a knockdown three point shooter. But the thing about J.R. Smith is J.R. Smith will take any shot you give him. Yeah, the types of shots J.R. Smith takes forces your defense. To adapt, you understand. He's in your face. Korba waits for his shots. Tiara Smith's style of play forces the opposing team to adapt, and that's an intangible that I would say Korba doesn't have. So you have to create shots for Korba. Also, like I said, Tiara Smith can create his own three-point shot, yeah. way better than Korba can. cover is more of a spot-up shooter, but still, I mean, whichever offensive tools you have, you take because you're going for the you're going for the big chip, and you know whatever you want to do. And it looks like that's that's where LeBron is right now because he's actually speaking out and you can actively see that for the first time in a very long time, he's frustrated and he's speaking out about it. So you can tell he really wants it this year. So Because
1: people were talking about um, the fact that the Cows may be vulnerable going into the playoffs with, you know, J.R. being injured and all that. So bringing Kova in makes them less vulnerable.
2: Oh, it does make them less vulnerable, yeah. but I'm just trying to say, Calcova is no DR. I think, yeah, it's all a like for like not a like-for-like. It's not a like-for-like replacement, but he does plug a hole. He does plug In a hole. He does hole. plug a hole, and now they have their playmaker. So, boy, 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 boy. And t- well, if, the, if 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 Deron if Williams <laughs> does sign after this podcast, I I guess. I'm gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm <laughs> gonna bet I'm gonna bet money Deron Williams is going to sign with the Cavs. When he clears away this Which I'll, he's got okay. I'll let you know At the end of this episode I'm <laughs> taking it But I'm definitely
0: interested Okay so We have our three teams That we feel Did a pretty good job When it came to the deadline the trade This this week Let's look at The, the playoff implications Everybody okay cool with that?
1: Let's do it
2: But we didn't really talk About the other teams That made good trades So we, we were really, saying the, really the Rockets The Rockets the, the Rockets ca- The Cavs And The Rockets Pelicans. The Cavs the Pelicans? The Pelicans probably still won't make the playoffs. No, but right. they do. Yeah. Have they have improved
0: their chances, and they are when it comes with what if they do get eight seed, and they play with the Warriors. What about the Raptors? Do? Yeah, the Raptors should should be yeah. included as well. So we did talk about the Raptors. Yeah,
1: we just talked about the trades.
2: Yeah, we just talked. No, yeah, I mean they picked up Serge Ibaka and they picked because up because Ibaka. Ibaka
1: has playoff experience as well. So exactly. If he, him, if he stays fit, he should addition. be a good
2: yeah. addition. I mean, if if they make it there. You see, now they have they have two players to counter the the beast that is LeBron. But you have to face him there. Sometimes you plug you plug a hole and then you create another hole somewhere else. I'm talking to you trailblazers. I
1: mean, but to talk about other trades, I was quite surprised by OKC because I thought you know they will probably add to they'll try and add something to Westbrook because I mean Westbrook as good as he's been this season. Can't necessarily,
0: you know. I think for Westbrook, it's all about him getting the MVP. So at this point, yeah,
1: just at this I feel like that's,
2: that's still, a bit yeah. unfair. He he he's a winner. He would love I, no, but Taj Gibson is a very good pickup. Taj Gibson plays with heart. I mean, think about it. Now you have Taj Gibson, and you just you said have you have Taj. You said you just said heart. You didn't mention the scoring. You didn't I didn't mean. mention the scoring. No, but I mean, listen, like. You can't say Taj Gibson is an Ines Kanter because Ines Kanter isn't going to get banged up in the post. Ines Kanter is going to put up like probably the same number of points as Taj Gibson is going to, but Taj Gibson is going to give you heart. Mm-hmm. Taj Gibson is going to bang up guys in the post. Taj Gibson is going to take a beating in the post. And he's going to affect defenses because if you're not ready to take on Taj Gibson in the post, you will not get close to Taj Gibson in the post. Yeah, but I don't really see that actually
0: improving OKC's playoff chances. I mean, they're still probably going to, at best, move to Sith.
1: Exactly.
2: But, I mean, the, their playoff then, chances weren't great to begin exactly, with.
0: Exactly. Even then, it's probably going to be a second round exit, at best. It's nothing
2: to scoff at. because <laughs> No, because, come on. It's nothing to scoff at because the West is stacked. And... I mean, you have to look at other teams and how much better they are than you. The mm-hmm. West is Star, but now you have Russell Westbrook, you have Todd Gibson, you have Stephen Adams. I mean, these are three madmen who run through a wall. I just want, I just want to see how this will play out in the playoff situation. I just can't wait to watch them in the playoff game. Honestly, those three guys.
0: I mean, you might, you might have, a, you might have a point because we discussed earlier on about how the playoff game is completely different. The game slows down players that have been more intentional about ball movements and, you know, switching on players. Defense yeah, and you have like, factors in you as have well.
2: strong eight, eight nine-man
0: rotations. Exactly. So, yeah. who knows, maybe these guys can actually, you know...
2: Yeah, play, a playoff situation is very different. It's all about matchups and it's all about how well, you know, how well you're prepared and how your team matches up against the team you're playing. So, I mean, it doesn't happen as often as it used to, but, I mean, come on, there have been times when... A top seed didn't sweep the eighth seed. And there have been times where David, I mean, the Mavs were the first seed in a certain year and they were knocked out in the first round. Yeah. I mean, it happened. In the playoffs, it's about matchups. And in the playoffs, you know, certain teams actually hit form and figure it out, getting to the end of the season. I wouldn't want to play the Washington Wizards right now. They seem to be figuring it out. <laughs> you know, they seem to be figuring it out as a team in the East. I wouldn't want to, and then there's a team like the Celtics who seem to now be, you know, now be on the in a bit. You know, it happens. It happens sometimes.
0: I, I don't, I don't think the Celtics are on the win. Given that. no, I'm I mean, not I saying
2: they're on the win, but I'm saying getting close to the playoff picture, they are losing games you don't expect them to lose. I think they lost. They, they just lost two games they were okay. expected to win. So, you know, getting to the playoffs, it's, it's different. You know, teams get into mid-season form. Some teams figure it out as they go on. So you can't just say, hey, this team, you can't just look at records and say, hey, this team's going to take this team. You know, it's about matchups. It's about how prepared you are. And it's about your form going in. Plus, you know, it's about health. Whichever of your players is available because, I mean, think about it. Some of these teams are one bad injury away from their seasons being over. Uh, So,
0: let's try to do some prediction, if everybody's okay with that.
2: I see the Pelicans don't make the playoffs. <laughs> the Trailblazers also wow. don't make the playoffs, which is actually terrible, because if you look at how much they're paying, if you look at their, you know, if you look at their salaries right now, it's like, come on, man. You know, I, I think mean... with the Blazers, their season has just been a bit head-scratching. They, and they the had, expectations they had coming in. They had that, they had that amazing shootout, with you know, with the Warriors. Yeah. I mean, come on, man. That was that was brilliant. That was amazing. We would love to see that. But hey, I heard they E. T. to be like a secondary ball handler, to take the ball out of um CJ and Damien's hands. But I mean it turns out they've really taken a few steps back because they're struggling to win games and they're the tenth seed in in a Western conference where Really, the 8th seed is now really pretty much up for grabs. I mean, OKC okay, so have yeah, pretty much locked down the 7th seed. But the Nuggets, Kings, uh, the Blazers, and the Pelicans...
0: Yeah, all fighting for one spot. And I think the Pelicans with it Because Bo- Boogie and...
2: Uh, what's his name? Davis actually look good when they play the Raptors. They actually do look good. But making up three games over the schedule is not as easy as it looks. But yeah, they're in the best position with the two big men they have. Yeah, they're in the best position. But I feel like the Nuggets are also figuring it out. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. You see, the point the point made is you really have to you have to beat who's around you. You know, you have to have a better record than who's around you. And, and I feel like the other Nuggets guys lose as well. Hoping the, other guys lose. And then, you know, the Nuggets are going to win some games. The Kings are going to win some games. The Blazers are going to win okay, forget the Blazers. and the Pelicans are going to win some games. But so now it's about
0: Are you going to up? win
2: enough games to move up ahead of these are the guys. You know, that's where the problem now comes in. It would have been different if you just had to get over one guy. And now all three of you are in a position to win enough games to actually kind of make it. So it's pretty much about hey, whoever is has a bit of an advantage going in is in the best is in the best position to make it. I would not want to be a coach of one of these teams because I mean we are looking at four teams fighting for one slot and there are going to be three disappointed fan bases at the end of the season because all four of them will feel like they have a legitimate chance at getting the 8th seed?
0: Arguably, I think it's probably <coughs> going to be Nuggets fans that end up being the most disappointed. Kings fans, at this point, they are resigned to not making the playoffs because they've lost Boogie. Yeah. Trailblazers, as you mentioned, it's been a bit of a head-scratching season. So most actually appreciate the ability to just, the chance to just reset and try to figure out what's wrong with the team. And with the Pelicans, <laughs> they have Boogie. Like, at this point, every game is a highlight. Them making the playoffs just the icing on the
2: cake. I don't think so, but you think that? I mean, Boogie wants. Boogie's never made the playoffs. Boogie wants to make the playoffs. No, granted, but he, uh, he has. Uh, all players want to make playoffs. All yeah, players. but Boogie wants to make the playoffs for such for an all star, you know, for such a perennial all star, he wants to make the playoffs. He wants to make the playoffs. I don't think the Nuggets fans should be disappointed because they know they have a young team. I feel like maybe they might be punching a little bit above their weight and they might, you know, revert to where they're supposed to be because I feel like they have a young team, a great young core, and they should be looking into that because Nikola Jokic is amazing. As the season went ahead, they realized, hey, this guy is pretty good. They actually used him a bit more. His usage went up. His exactly. numbers went up. You know, you tell, you can just tell sometimes where you have a star on your hands. And they do have a star on their hands. And they have the pieces around, very young pieces. I feel like if they make the playoffs with the but they shouldn't be too disappointed because they wouldn't have expected to be this good this soon. Maybe this season is a bit too soon for them.
0: Like you mentioned, they do have a young core. And honestly, if they do make playoffs, that experience is going to be what well,
2: invaluable. It's so going to be invaluable. It's a win-win case for the Nuggets, It's a win-win actually. case for the Nuggets, because whatever happens next year, they're going to be strong. I feel like their fans are believing at this point. They be, they, I think the 8th seed is theirs to lose, really.
1: Man. In the decision they're in, definitely,
2: it is. I mean, they shouldn't, they shouldn't, I mean... They're, they're, they're the mile high club, but they shouldn't get their heads in the clouds. Man. <laughs> they shouldn't <laughs> back their own hype. <laughs> they shouldn't back their own hype. I mean, I know, I know, I know. Like you know, they're, they're 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 pretty high up. I mean, seeing where they play, I mean, they play in Denver. Come on, but come on, they shouldn't get their heads in the clouds. Anything on top of the East? Or are we just completely ignoring that as a dead league? The
0: Cows are going to come out on top. And the right? Caps are vulnerable.
2: I'm telling you, the Cavs are vulnerable. I'm just looking at, I mean, I just feel like the Wizards are just ready for anyone in the East. I don't know, barring anything catastrophic happening, I feel like the Wizards are ready for anyone in the East. And plus, you know, you look at, after the Cavs, you look at the second, third, and fourth and you feel like it could change at any time. It could be anything, really, because now we have the Celtics in two. They have the Wizards in three and the Raptors in four. Any of these teams could end up in the in the second slot. So now you start looking at your schedule and you start looking at what is the best matchup for you going in. Yeah. So I feel like this is going to be one of those last five games to go and then people start saying, Hey Resting players. Let's 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 rest players. <laughs> Rest players, you know, just to you know get a favourable matchup. 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 Yeah, just like get home, home advantage. Be damned, it's <coughs> We go with that. Home huh? advantage be damned, man. It's the first round. If it's a team you can beat, I don't think home advantage helps to beat you. I'm just surprised the Bucks aren't as good as they've looked. But the Heat, the Heat have been very surprising because I think there was a time when they won ten games in a row. I didn't expect them to actually figure it, was, it out. A very
0: long the one of the longest, that's the longest winning streak this season. Actually. Exactly.
2: I, I did not expect them to figure, it, to figure it out. I expected them to Shout be... out to Spolstra, man. He's oh, shout out? To, no,
0: impressive. Spolstra is good.
2: I mean, Spolstra is good. But it I mean
0: sometimes it you it feel like... He doesn't get mentioned enough when it comes to best NBA coaches for whatever reason. I feel like you always mention the usuals, Popovich.
2: The thing about um, Spolstra is... I don't think he should be bothered by it because the NBA is full of some really good coaches. You see, that's, that's what happens. It's it's a 30-team league for, yeah. you know, for the whole of North America. There are some really good coaches in the NBA. So he shouldn't be too bothered by that. He is a good coach and he's doing really well. I just thought they would just say, hey, and, you know, just tack the season away. But they are winning some games and they are winning them really well. And you can tell that, hey you know, if if we add a few pieces, we can actually be a pretty good playoff team. Mm-hmm. And, that's, and that's what you want. And I guess the fans are happy with that. It just shows that there's, there's still life in Miami after LeBron and Wade. <laughs> there was a joke being made that
0: Riley was just trying to rub it into Wade, Wade's face that, hey, you left, but be have a better record than the team you're on right now. So
2: maybe if he had stayed. Oh, then he's doing really well. And plus, I cannot believe that Dion Waiters is playing so well. He's been beasting. Yeah. He has been beasting, man. He has been beasting. Shout out to Spolstro for that, man. Because, I mean, all of a sudden, Dion Waiters is putting a point. He's closing games. Buzzer Beaters. I mean, most people just thought, hey, he would be a scorer and that would be it. And he's he would doing never be. He's doing <laughs> it all. He would never be like a bona fide star. But I'm happy for him. You know, he's proved a lot of people wrong. And I feel like maybe, I guess maybe Miami suits him well. So. But. I mean, we're talking like they're a playoff team, they're still not a playoff team in the week, east, but they're winning games. They're winning games, people didn't expect them to win, and you have to give them that. So to wrap it all up, I mean, the Cavs are vulnerable. No, the Cavs really are vulnerable. Things change. I mean, if they if J.R. Smith comes back and then they pick up Duran Williams, I guess the tune just changes and we're like, hey, who meets who meets the Cavs in the conference finals? And who meets the Cavs in the who uh, what you then? Whoever whoever wins that probably the Cavs meets the Warriors, the stacked Warriors, in and in a repeat of last year. So well, they just hope something changes. But I mean, you have to you have to credit both teams for doing their work. It's not like it was easy. They actually did their homework. They actually picked up some really good players, and they've actually made sure that they are going to make it back to the playoffs. We just have to... We just have to... I'm hoping something changes. I'm hoping something changes, man. I'm hoping someone else makes the final. Shout out to the Wizards. though. Do something.
0: I'm still harboring Jose that it saw 6 through, but that's, that's just and my... That's just, that's my, just, that's just my optimism. optimism. <laughs> so, a pretty surprising news filtered through this week, uh, which was that Leicester parted ways with Ranieri switching gears from basketball to football. And, after that news broke, there's been some talk that it was actually the players coming together and deciding that, hey, he's just not doing it for us anymore. And then the board went to the play decision and kicked him out. Just, one, I guess you could argue that it was coming. The writing was on the wall. Their league form has been atrocious, But then their Champions League performance was, has been mirroring last season's league performance. So, I guess the first question, does it deserve to be let go?
1: It's It was all about timing, you know. One thing that was said was, uh, uh, I think Ranieri's uh, post-game um, press conference, he spoke about how he felt like there was a different vibe after the Sevilla game, where he felt like this was the moment where they were going to kick on and actually, you know, salvage the season. And then soon after that, you know, he's 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 asked to leave. So you ask yourself, is this a crucial moment once more where, they have probably made a decision at the wrong time, where they this could actually get the players going back to poor form, and you know not feeling like you know, the champions that they were last season. And you know there was some talk that people were saying that you know football has lost its soul, in the sense that you know Ranieri had given Leicester you know the you know the impossible dream.
0: So and he should be allowed to stay with so them that's he until deserve, the end. Let's, des- yeah. Let the captain stay with the ship until it sinks. Exactly. Right? <laughs> like uh, They should
1: have at least made him see out the season. And they made a decision, relegation or no relegation. But then, I want to bring my, you know, I bring attention to this. Moose spoke about this the last time. On the last episode, I think it was episode one, where he said that f- football is all about results. You understand? It's all about results. And, um... You, you want to win games. You want to win trophies. So if it's not going well, and but despite the fact that you know he, you know he did something like unbelievable, they had to salvage the season. They had to make sure they stay in the Premier League, and it wasn't happening under him. So yeah,
0: I guess he that's I guess that's what happens when you take out the emotions from
1: football. Exactly. Which is I mean, I mean I'm not going to get into it again. But yeah, most knows where I stand. But. <laughs>
2: Yeah, but it also <laughs> it also it also has to open up the discussion about player power. I mean I haven't
0: not to cut you off, but the the last time something like this happened in the Premier League was Chelsea. Yeah. When player disgruntled came out and the, the manager got the boots. No
1: surprise that Mourinho left to nearest defense. Oh yeah.
2: Someone here had been continuously ridiculing when they were back in the series, but I guess <laughs> hey I, I don't know, Mourinho Mar- 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 is, 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 is so two-faced. Like, you know What happens to Mourinho is he makes bad
0: fellows, it... or so failure makes <laughs> strange bedfellows in this case. Shared experiences yes, exactly. make strange bedfellows. <laughs> That's <laughs> what I'm going to say.
2: Mourinho is such a funny character. He sometimes wants to make you feel that this is football and this is real life, but he never puts up a filter for you to like make those distinctions. I mean, you hear him speak about certain people and then he turns around and then he's now trying to... I mean, come on, Mourinho. But, I mean, you you can tell, it just shows that he still hurts from the Chelsea sacking. So, yeah. that's just Mourinho it was, doing It
1: was what, of the top his reaction. He his, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just,
2: I just joked that maybe he's wearing it to be Cristiano Ronaldo. <laughs> uh, yeah.
0: But just a quick comparison, you know, from Leicester's league form last season and this season.
2: But I feel... Not to catch you, but... <laughs> I feel like Leicester... Leicester I mean... You have to understand that both teams aren't most teams who are not ready to win the league aren't really ready for European competition. Leicester did well, but you have to understand that your team is stretched. But the counter to
0: that was they had the entire summer to figure out both of No, they had squad. the entire summer to figure and they out both the of they, they,
2: they, they did sign yeah. a few new players, but you yeah. have to understand that those players really haven't hit the ground running and they really were leaning towards a youthful side yeah. when you look
0: at their signings throughout
2: and and you also have to understand that there's an Ngolo Kanté sized hold in the Leicester defense he's he is the player that allows them to play 442 in the Premier League it's crazy to want to play 442 in this Premier League but you see now you have a player who is just so tactically aware who can see danger before it happens he's a brilliant tackler He's good with the ball at his feet, and he can pass. To put some numbers to what Moose just said, so last
0: season, Kante led the Leicester team in the league with, what, 4.2 interceptions, 4.7 tackles, and he led the team in passing 81.8.
2: Exactly. I mean, come and on. And nobody's replicating that this season. No, nope, no, 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 nobody is. And come um, on, I mean, you can't have that many interceptions per game if you're not tactically astute. When you watch Kante play, and you watch, even for Chelsea, you watch when, like... Um, when they're in defense and where there's maybe a counter or an attack from another team, you mm-hmm. watch how he positions himself. He always reads the danger and he's always there. I mean... One man can really stop It's not to say If they score a goal He didn't do his job But you can just tell that He is really tactically aware He's, and he's making a really Opener's job harder He's a really he's, exactly. he's a really good player And the sad thing is They signed Nampalese Mendy Who I would feel like Would be A natural replacement for him Not to say he's as good a player He's, he's That was expectation
0: But he just never really seems yeah. No he got, too too too.
2: he got injured He got
0: injured know the few times he did start, There were still some Growing pains on his end There
2: were going to be Growing yeah. pains But when you come to A new team in a new league and you have an injury I mean There's a chance That you wouldn't Just take to it Instantly But then now Coming off an injury It just makes it harder And also I mean not to say Ndidi isn't a good player But you see He's not really The type of player That will make
1: Bamus Ndidi Yes Have you Like Have you studied His play Like have his game Have you really watched him
2: I have watched him only over maybe three or four games. So what do you think?
1: I think he's good, though.
0: I, I think one thing, we are, we, we are focusing on Kante, but then we should also look at the other 10 players.
2: No, which yeah, no. But I'm yeah. saying, you see, a Kante size hole, Kante allows you to play a certain way. But you see,
0: Kante allows us to play a certain way, but then the entire Leicester team allowed their performance for last season to actually happen. He, I feel like with Ndidi, the problem now is, he could replicate Kante's effect like from last season, but then when you have Vardy, Marais, uh, the centre-backs, Huthen, more mm-hmm. than just being poor, even Kante returning would not... At best, Leicester would probably be a mid-table team. Or maybe in the top four hands, if Kante is that good. And I
2: think no, but that's fine. You see, you, we aren't expecting Leicester to win the league again. We're just really surprised that they're yeah, in, relegation, relegation they in a relegation battle. That's yeah. the whole point. Because, we, I I mean, I was predicting that they would maybe finish maybe 10. Because people would say, hey, you won the league, you're good. No, you won the league. But you, you rode a wave and won the league. Yeah. I, that's all fair. Winning, no, winning the Premier League twice is hard because yeah. what yeah. you have to understand is that you beat teams last season and it's still fresh in their minds and they're ready for you.
0: Everybody's looking at you. The next,
2: the next game, your next game is going to be different. The next game is going... That's why it's so hard to... And, and I'm starting to show I don't think a team has won two league titles in a row in, in England in quite a while. Because now not to say the managers were dumber but we have smarter managers in the league but you okay but to be fair you also have to look at Vadi Amarez's performances their performance has dropped it's surprising to a point yes you you have to blame the manager but I mean sacking the manager do you really feel that whoever you're going to bring in, is going to be like the best guy going forward are you bringing in someone to just plug the gap have you spoken to the manager and told him that hey being in a relegation zone is not us I guess fine we know we are not going to win the Champions League focus more on on the league get us out of there It it depends on who they hire really but whoever they had, is still going to be that new I manager mean, bounce. People, so, and people they are, are hoping that's are enough. Talking, people are talking about Alan Padua, and my goodness, I don't want Alan Padua anywhere near this Leicester If I was a Leicester fan. But hey, that's what that's what happens, man. I yeah, mean... Big, Big Sam is still around,
1: right? Yeah, Big Sam is still around. <laughs> but he hasn't <laughs> had the you know, impacts that everyone expected. The Big Sam bounce, right? Yeah.
2: But so Big Sam is at Sunderland. I mean, he Big can be pushed, no? One, no, oh, no, I don't think he Has
0: actually be. ever happened... I get insane
2: I don't think I don't think I don't think he can be poached but so we, we, I feel like Leicester should uh, uh, Leicester really shouldn't be where they are but we have to we have to also accept that fine they've taken this decision and they feel and they feel like this is what's best for them but to be in the relegation zone is just it's just it's just, it's just and also one thing is they've, they've been too much histrionics about sacking the manager fine it, it It's not good, but it's not a disgrace. It's not so I mean, he many. gets paid. It's he not so much. Yeah, there's been, there's, yeah. Been, there's, been, there's been too much hyperbole. I mean, there's justification for sacking the mat. People are sacked based off results. There's too much emotional outpour. Yeah. The team that won the league is in the relegation zone. If you take away Ranieri and you just make him like a nameless manager, I mean, come on. If you have a team that won the league and it's now in the relegation zone, you will look. Jose got sacked for less, so definitely. You would you will look to letting him go, or you would look to actively, you know, get, like, doing something about it. So, there is justification for his sacking. Sad as it may be, they shouldn't be in the relegation zone.
0: Donald, final words on Ranieri's sacking.
1: I don't think it was fair, but... Um, <laughs> I think they should have made him see all the season, at least.
0: You know, most definitely disagrees with that. Yeah, they should
1: have made him see all the season.
0: What the worst that could happen? They get relegated. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say it was an easy decision, but on that note, it's a wrap, guys. If you enjoyed our show, please make sure to share with two friends. If you want to continue the conversation with us, the ATW team, join us over on Twitter at G C R A T W. If you are old school and prefer to send an email, our email address is after the whistle at the That's all one word. After the whistle at the You send them, we promise to read them. You can also get in touch with us on Instagram and Facebook. Just search for the Gold Coast Report. Have a great week, guys.
1: He's going to hit Cristiano. He's going to hit the bitch. He's going to hit Cristiano. Goal. Goal! Costa turns out of fire. Hazard! <laughs> They've won the title for Leicester City tonight. Curry, one-on-one, Irving puts it up, it's good, Kyrie Irving from downtown!